Welcome to the Dear Edward Podcast here on Potion Recaps. My name is Marissa Garza, and I am here with the man I'm happy to coexist with in this podcast. His name is Jason Reed. Jason, how are you? Marissa, I'm doing great. Uh, hope you like my costume choice for oh, the yeah. show. Tell the people. Got my, got my belly dancer out oh. uh, You know, hope it's not too revealing for this are podcast. You gonna, are you going to pass it on? Uh, yeah, I mean, my my uh, my brother was really like, you know, that's a really great outfit. I really want. So I think I might I might just fold it up after this podcast and leave it on his bed for him. Who knows? Uh, I'm not as gracious as uh, you know, Lacey's sister. What was her name? Jane. Jane. Not, maybe not as gracious as Jane. We'll see. We'll see that. Yes. Yeah. We are here to talk about uh, the belly dancing costume and all of everything that happened in episode four of Dear Edward that premiered. The show itself premiered last week with three episodes. And this is the first episode of our weekly coverage. There is a total of 10 episodes. And you can find all of our coverage at poshorecaps.com slash Dear Edward. Dear listener, I would just like you to know um, there are a lot of people on the show. And I'm doing the best to keep track of names and stuff, but they don't do a real good job introducing people. So as we go through our, our um, recap, just kind of, you know, fill in the blanks. <laughs> like, this Listen, is a team after, effort. We are co-creating this recap. I may or may not have had to go check to see who someone's <laughs> name was on this episode and go back to my notes and backfill where I just put in lady with the person's name. <laughs> I may or may not have had to deal with the character of this episode. I won't tell you if I did or did not, but you can make your own conclusion. <laughs> yeah, it's like... <sighs> Every episode, we get a little I'm a little side quest, but I don't know if I'm supposed to remember that side quest or not. Like we'll we already see. had, we already had so many storylines going. Yes, and then they're just like, let me throw in uh, Amanda. Is yeah, her name. that's her name. Mm-hmm. Amanda and Steve. Let's mm-hmm. throw them in, mm-hmm. and let's throw in Sam, who I'm sure we're going to get to know more of in coming episodes. Sam, who is the one that was at the grief group that uh kind of trauma blurted out to Lacey about uh you know recognizing that her sister was a great person or something yes yes yes. and uh obviously we're gonna get some more stuff from Sam later I guess uh so how many how many characters can they fit into this show and I just feel like we're we're, I'm I'm struggling with the characters we already got to kind of relate to them and and care about their journey i'm not sure if adding more was the right thing to do like you're saying sam and i'm like who, who is sam mm, oh, yeah, exactly. yeah exactly okay <laughs> oh, all right well i kind of broke this down by character so we'll kind of just start with i mean it's dear edward so even though we haven't read a letter yet i suppose we should start with him dear edward dear los angeles edward. The average temperature in Los Angeles is... No, you're in New York. The average temperature in New York at this time of year... I don't know what time of year it is, but it seems very humid. (laughs) We don't know where in time and space we are. Dear Edward, did your brother not have any short sleeve shirts you could wear? (laughs) Or something a little more, you know, know, better for the temperature? Yeah, he... he, uh, Yes. So Edward's going back to school. That's where he starts out. He's on high alert. He's like trying to freak out, like trying not to freak out at this point. Doesn't help that everyone's calling him Miracle Boy. Um, uh, listen, listen, Slutsky. Okay, I would, <laughs> I would pipe down if I were you. 
uh, last name Slutsky. Because I, we yeah, can really turn times. We can really turn it up around here with the name. So I will calm down. I'd pipe down, not get yourself too noticed around here until I start noticing what your last name is, Slutsky. Okay, <laughs> you don't have room to be making fun of people. Yeah, I thought that was pretty uh, on the nose as a name myself. Um, yeah. But. <laughs> Yeah, so he's going back to school. Meanwhile, Lacey and John are there with the collection of letters. There's like 200 letters. I just have to like shout out to John because he says we can't open them because they're against the law. And this is an argument that like 16-year-old Marissa had with her mom all of the time. Like my mom would like try to open my mail and I would be like, it is against federal law. <laughs> to open my uh, mail. Listen, listen, as the father of a teenage uh, person, <laughs> I'll tell you. I'm pretty sure it's not. I guess a lot to open up my minor, uh, you know, child. Listen, listen, Jason. You know, male. <laughs> and I mean, I'm look. I I wanted to make the show way more interesting than it was last episode to say like John had some nefarious purpose for like stealing these letters, but no, he was just like no. keeping them, you know, keeping them somewhere to, you know, just a case. Yeah, oh, wow. I mean, that's a letdown. Yeah, but Lacey's like, uh, we can't keep them here. We, if you're not gonna let me open them, you have to take them to work. In the boiler. In room. the boiler room. Okay. Is that, that's also a humid place. All the ink could like totally smear. What is the point of this? I don't understand. Um, I don't know. And then it, it really felt like Chekhov's boiler room. Like <laughs> something's gonna happen in that boiler room. Like they're gonna have to save the letters from a fire or something. I don't. I don't know. It, it just felt. They felt. It felt really like uh, purposed for them to be like, yeah, kick them to work in the boiler room. Like, uh oh, what's gonna happen in the boiler room? It's like a boiler room is like. It reminds me of Panic Room from Jodie Foster, but it's not. It's like it had that intensity of it. It was like, take it to the boiler room. And I was like, oh, no, that's a bad. You know what I mean? Like it was it was way more intense than it needed to be. It reminds me of the Vin Diesel vehicle boiler room from way long ago. There was one? Vin, what didn't you do? Oh, Vin. Uh, but yeah, it's like is 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 like Eddie gonna go visit John at work in the boiler room? Is that where he's gonna find the letters? Like it just felt it felt like we were like, remember he said boiler room, remember yeah. that for later, kids. Yeah, and like also the big plan of all we have to do is prevent him from getting the mail. Like <laughs> gonna be one, gonna be real hard. Two yeah. I mean, apparently, like John and Lacey are listed in the yellow pages because this this little girl just came up and, and delivered hand delivered a letter to their house. So I mean, does that really matter? Yeah, and I mean, maybe this is explained more in the book, but the question is asked, like, why are people writing to him? And they're all like, because he survived. And I, I, we've seen this type of story before, you know, where the survivors get a lot of attention and get letters written to them and stuff like that. But I have, have we outgrown the story in 2023? It is not having the yeah, same, what, what, like, what, what, year was, what, what year was Dear Edward written? Because I feel like this is all very, like, uh, this can now be a social media thing. Like, we're all going to write Eddie on Twitter. We're going to follow him on TikTok. We're going to talk about him on TikTok. I don't know if anyone's really writing handwritten letters anymore. I mean, I'm writing, you know, sometimes I write a good postcard to a friend, write a good card. But it's if, if it's something as like, I don't know, I just feel like this would be a hashtag. And I also <laughs> feel like um, I don't know if people are compelled to write to survivors as much as they might have been in the past. Like, I, we've I all been are... through like, some collective trauma stuff. So I, I think know. something I think something as big as uh, of attention as this got, I think this would probably bring out a lot of the, for lack of a better word, crazies. 
um, that, you know, really have these, like, maybe some people have conspiracy theories. Mm. Someone said he should burn in hell was one of the, one mm. of the letters. Uh, so I, I, I wouldn't put it past people to, to write to Eddie or try to get in contact with Eddie for some reason. I'm still very, very curious about this little girl. Um, we, you know, that with the with the shrunken head and the letter yeah we kind of dropped that in totality <laughs> this episode i just i don't know where we where that went um but yeah i mean dare edward was originally published in 2020 so this is a very recent book yeah um, i mean we're, i don't know if people are still snail mailing it uh, where, <laughs> where's all the emails where's all the you know twitter handles where's all the uh, whatever what what but that's beside the point it's just we, he's got over <laughs> 200 letters at this point and it's um, been like I don't know how much time do you think it's passed? Like two weeks, three weeks? Um, I would probably say like a, a month. month. Yeah, because yeah. he was in the hospital for a bit, uh, yeah. as we heard. But uh, you know, this we just got. Um, I am going to like Akuya Akuya's funeral this episode. So yep. it can't have been that long. I don't know. I don't yep. know. But I don't know. Yes, agreed. Yeah. I don't know. So it's not we're made somewhere. clear. We're somewhere in time and space. Like many things in the show, <laughs> it's not made clear. Like grief. Grief itself is not a clear process. I'm trying. I'm trying to make it back. <laughs> so Lacey picks up Edward at at school, and Shay is like, uh, "He had a he had a bad day." And Edward's like, "I didn't have a bad day. I just have classes and orientation, and then I have to take this placement exam." Um, but while they are sitting in the car, like Edward cannot look at Lacey, and this is because he sees his mom every single time he looks at Lacey. I thought this was like a relatable kid grief moment. Like I yeah. don't know, you know, especially or a human moment. If you see someone who reminds you that looks like a person who just died, that's hard to be around. Yeah, I was really surprised it took us four episodes to, to really get a feeling like this. I feel like Eddie hadn't had a problem before looking at, looking at his aunt, but okay. Uh, but yeah, it felt very like uh, very real. And I was like, at first I was like, why is he being a little turd? And then, because, you know, he refused to look at her. I was like, why are you being a turd, Eddie? He's like, oh, you remind me of my mom when I'm trying to look at you. I was like, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, Eddie, I get you now. Sorry. Yeah. And so we leave this scene thinking he's going to Shay's, but the very next time we see Edward, he's in the garage. I didn't know, like, okay. Weird transition. <laughs> so we're in the garage. He finds a box of Jordan's clothes, and this is where he puts on the aforementioned jacket uh, for the very humid, I'm going to guess maybe it's August. Maybe it's I August. I mean, they're, they're in school. Maybe it's close to, the, close to the first of the school year. Maybe it's June. Maybe it's maybe, the end of the school year. Maybe. Starting yeah. to get hotter. But he's wearing, uh, like, a legit jacket. It's not just, like... yeah fashion jacket it's yeah, not a members winter, only this winter, jacket this is a winter jacket this is a winter clothing jacket i mean just eddie like i said just just dig down a little further into the box maybe find some like short sleeve like shirts that your brother used to wear you could wear those maybe like a pair of socks yeah something else just you know? not just not something that's going to make you pass out from from heat stroke you know this maybe that'd be the best thing when he puts uh the jacket on in the garage he does look in the mirror and he's still able to sort of like communicate with jordan in his own way in this moment um this is where jordan says you know people don't care if you're smart people care if you're cool which unfortunately is a true social statement for the american education system yes uh so uh you know edward takes that to heart and he walks confidently into school and he's popping his collar he's walking down the hallway doing his best um people are looking at him and like he thinks you're looking at him like he's cool they're like why is this kid wearing a big ass like coat in (laughs) in you know 
June or August or whenever they are. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Lacey is going, she's continuing to go to grief group and we just like, I mean, pop into grief group here and there throughout this entire episode. Um, this moment is where Lacey is talking about her sister and like all the cool things she did and how she could like never really measure up to her. And she said like my entire life, like the primary emotion I had towards my sister was jealousy. That's, that's a huge realization to have and especially to share with other people um and this is where my note says other dude but we now know that this is sam other dude says that she was once in a lifetime type she being Jean, and you recognized it and you know what if she was gone and you never recognized anything uh, so there's definitely i think more to sam's story here oh yeah for sure I, in my mind i was like is Sam like Jean's secret lover? Like, or does Sam have a crush on Lacey? I was. I, I don't know. It, it sounded like Sam like knew of Jean. He like, yeah, she was so special. Like, I'm just mad I didn't realize her specialist when she was here and asked her to break with her husband and come and come be with me. I was like, what is Sam's deal? And then I was like, mm, I think Sam's just going through his own thing with his own person that he took for granted. Maybe that was on the plane. Who do you and, think uh, his person is? I don't think we know his person. I don't. I, I think his person is some other other random person on the plane, and maybe we'll get to know who the person was. I feel like we're going to have a whole episode with where they explain Sam's backstory. Maybe we get flashbacks uh, to Sam and this person on the plane. What if Sam is the glue that ties all of these people besides the plane together? It's <laughs> the thing we already have that connects them all. What if there's another thing that connects them all? Maybe I just I, I don't know if I want to hear more from Sam. I was just like, okay, thanks, thanks, dude. That's thanks great. for your thoughts, Sam. Just yeah. like uh, the Mort Marty Morty Martin, the grief <laughs> the grief group leader guy was like, oh, hey, I, Milo. My uh, yep, that guy. Something, someone to him. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to you, man. Um, he was that guy was like, oh, thanks for speaking, Sam. As if like finally you just been sitting here and saying nothing. Finally, you at least opened up about something. Yeah. Like, all right, calm down with the judgment, uh, group, group grief leader guy. GGG. Yeah. <laughs> Triple G. <laughs> we Gug-gug. Learned... <laughs> Gug-gug. Uh, we learned that Edward has blown his entrance exam on purpose because, you know, Jordan told him it's not important if you're smart. What's important is you're cool. And he, like, wants to stay with his old own kind we still don't have a clear vision or clear picture around what happened to him at his old school but i i mean we can pick up on the fact that he was bullied we can pick up on mm-hmm. the fact that it was so bad that you know he had to not go to school anymore and probably because he leaned on his like his intelligence was exemplified as opposed to like any social skills yeah, it, it seemed like it seems like Eddie does not do well in social situations. May that even stand back from when he was in, I think was second grade. Uh, and, you know, people that tend to be, unfortunately, as Jordan kind of, uh, you know, said, it's not cool to be smart, which yeah. unfortunately is, is for real. So maybe Eddie was so smart that he got picked on for it, even in the second grade. Uh, so that really kind of made him go into his shell. And, you know, with his parents pulling him out of school at that young an age, um, I know that, you know, it's they thought it was for the best, but it really also kind of takes him out of more social situations and doesn't teach him how to deal with uh, different types of things in social settings. So I, th- I fear that uh, just pulling him out of school made it even worse for him to yeah. re- re- reintegrate back into this type of this type of world as a classroom. 
And I feel like we didn't really get a lot of differentiation between, okay, is we is this him trying to reintegrate into uh, being with other children or is this more trauma from the crash? We didn't really get a lot of yeah. uh, ex- explanation on that. We didn't really get a lot of, uh, we didn't get a lot of scenes in general of him trying to bond the other kids. It was mostly just him walking down the hallway and being looked at weird. I wish we had gotten some of that. I hope we get more of that down the line. Uh, I just hope this wasn't like, okay, this was the Eddie in school episode and we're not really going to touch that anymore. I hope we get a little yeah. more of it to really kind of delve into it a little bit. Yeah, and I hope that there's like a connection drawn between what he experienced before the crash at school and the crash. Like, either way, it's an abandonment type of situation because he felt abandoned in school so much that they had to take him out. And then he was abandoned in the situation because his whole family died. So, like, maybe hopefully they'll talk about how those two incidences connect because they keep coming back to those two two things for him. So Mm -hmm. we shall see. Uh, yes, this is where he walks into class all sweaty because he's got the, his jacket on. Uh, the class astutely says, uh, Miracle Boy is melting. They really poured it on that the, yeah. uh, the you know, uh, makeup department was like, all right, just drench him. Like, just pour him with water. And this, I was this. like, and I saw him, I was like, damn, like, yeah, he looks bad. It had to be. I mean, like, or it's just wearing a coat under the lights of production because it's very hot. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the teacher, the teacher's concerned for his well-being because he doesn't want him, or she doesn't want him to faint. Um, but she use, uses like the dress coat to try to be the thing to, Listen, to teach. reason. Like nobody's no teach. one's I'm not no. I'm not sure you do this in front of the other kids. Like maybe you like take him to the side yeah. or something. Like this was this made it even worse, unfortunately. Yeah, and I like how Shay kind of like comes to Edward's defense here and is like, "Hey, can you just like cut him a <laughs> like just cut the him kid, some slack the, the kid just survived a plane crash. Like, can you like back off for a minute? With but your yeah, it did, But it did look like he was really about to faint. So I, in a way, I can't blame her because we gotta get this jacket off this kid because he's about to die. I would say like can we start with like unzipping the jacket <laughs> like can we start with baby steps like can i offer you a seat by the air conditioner eddie yeah. like can i can i do something else for you like yeah. cool you down a little bit you need some water with some ice yeah you want to go you want to go get a drink of water yeah. go to the nurse's office you, you, look, you have you look like you have issues right now you got you got <laughs> some you got an ice pack in there somewhere but all of this pressure gets edward like so flustered he just gets up and leaves like the whole school i thought he was just gonna like hang out in the hallway and just like breathe it out for a bit but no he like legit leaves the entire school <laughs> don't leave the air conditioning and he's only gonna be worse <laughs> like, it's bye. hot out there bye uh when lacy comes home from work she is there and she is like legitimately worried about edward because she hasn't seen him since he ran out of school and she's doing like kind of stepping into that sister role i think with him by like being worried asking Lacey or or telling Lacey you know Edward had a rough day today is there anything you know can you let him know can you let me know if he's okay that kind of stuff I don't know there's definitely something between these two characters I don't know if it's in the sibling department or if it's in the young romance department yeah I think that's it's tough to ascertain that right now um whether it's going to be a, a friend, a sister, a romantic relationship, yeah. I I would hope, I would hope they don't go go ugh, don't go the like obvious route and make it a romantic situation. I would it would be nice to see a situation like this is kind of be still to stay at friends, like just leave it that that in that realm. Yeah, agreed. 
Edward is in his room looking at a drawing of his mom and Lacey walks on the door. Or I just have to say, like, it does not need to be this dark in this room. <laughs> you can say it about this whole show. Yeah, it does so. not. <laughs> it does not need to be this dark on this show. <laughs> it does not. It Someone does... turn on a light, please. <laughs> like, I'm saying and not a going... dim, And not a dim light. Get me a, like a LED, like high voltage light. Like all these lights are like just so dim and so I dark. Can't we can't see anything. It's not freaking Game of Thrones. We brighten this thing up a little bit. Oh man. Um, and I think you know, Lacey's coming to terms with her her role in all of this, and I think she does a pretty good job, kind of just like asking what's going on. Or I heard you had a, a rough day. I, I'm gonna sit here. I'm not gonna force you to talk about it. That that type of thing, and asks like, what can I do for you? And he's like, nothing. See you later. And this is where she goes into like sharing a story of the belly dancing costume and how much she wanted it and um, how Jean shared it with her afterwards and just like how in awe uh, she was of Jean. And I don't know about you, but I was like, is Edward the belly dancing costume? Yes, 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 yes. She was like, she's like, and your mom left this thing for me all nice and folded up. And I was like, is this supposed to be Eddie? And I thought she was going to be like, and you know your mom also left me left you to me but she kind of left you all crumpled up and wrinkled like <laughs> like what 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 is the i i had trouble finding the connection between what edward's going through uh-huh. and the story i understand the story is meant to highlight like your mom was awesome but i'm not sure why that connected to why to what what eddie's problem was i I guess it's just nice to hear a good story about your mom. Or like sh- Lacey's telling, telling, by telling the story, telling Edward, it's okay to talk about your mom. Like, I'm going to talk about your mom. So it's okay for you if you want to talk about your mom. Like, I'm not yeah, going to force I, you. I guess that was that I didn't feel like that was Eddie's main problem. Oh, in this no, episode. no, no. I was, 100%, like, no. <laughs> I was like, okay, great. Like, and it was just weird. Like, hey, wasn't your mom great? Doesn't isn't it suck? She's gone. Like. <laughs> I don't know. It was just, I was just like, ah, I'm having trouble really like finding the connection in this episode for why she told that specific story right now. Yeah. Agreed. And also do not make the viewers think that Edward is a belly dancing costume. Like, just, yeah, just that was my immediate thought. I was like, your mom left you for me. I was like, okay, what? Like, I thought that's where we were going. I was like, that's a weird thing to say, uh, but that's not where they went, but it, it really made, you know, you had the same thought I did. So uh, yeah. I'm sure yeah. I had the same thought. Well, and, and we even know, like, is that the official, like, you know, did Jane have a will? Is this what she wanted? Is this like, does she, you know what I mean? I, I, did she want, did she want Edward to be with Lacey? Yeah. In, in her official will? I, I don't know. I mean, we don't have any idea about uh, Lacey and Jane's parents. Like, are the parents still alive? Are the parents right. still around? We have no idea. Um, but yeah, I would, I mean, I would assume that if Lacey's the only one left, that that's who they would say Edward goes to, because that seems to be what the case is. But either way, it was like, I wish. Lacey had told him a story about his mom in school, his mom being, you know, yeah. wanting to be sm- smart <laughs> rather than cool. Like, I think that would have made more sense in context of what Eddie's going through in this episode at school. Yeah. As it was, I was like, that's a great story, uh, Lacey, but <laughs> great for why, you, like, what does this have to do with me and what I'm going through at the moment? I just, that's that was my feeling of the story. Yeah, and she had just come from grief group where she just like listed all of these cool things that you know Jane yeah. had done. But okay, pass down those Halloween costumes, people. 
You never know. Yeah. It could make an impression. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just just tell me a story about how Jane, you know, wanted to be smart rather than cool. Yeah. It, and, I think uh, it's pretty obvious in terms of like the career path she took, her term like yeah. I, there's enough there to to have a and, story. You know, we could have connected Shay where Shay tells uh, you know, tells Lacey about Edward's, you know, thought of wanting mm-hmm. to be cool rather than smart just kind of make it all connect a little better i felt like this was it was not really connected yeah yeah and i i I hope that that smooths out over the course of the series and maybe i'll look back and go like that's because lisa didn't know what she was doing and then she learned how to Mm -hmm. like mom and all that stuff but right now i I think we're supposed to i think we're supposed to yeah i think in this sequence we're supposed to say okay lacy's getting her stuff together lacy is figuring out what to do I, i think that's true but I, I think the I think it's a problem with the writing yeah. and private problem with the because they're supposed to make me think like this is makes so much sense like, but it didn't really connect for me. Oh, it made a totally different connection. Yeah, I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Edward's uh, story ends this episode by going over to Shay's. She he brings over the jacket and gives it to to her and says, you know, like it doesn't fit me. I don't think it ever will. Deep deep thoughts for Edward here. <laughs> So we talked about the the connection between Eddie and Shay. Is this supposed to be like, uh, you're my sibling now? Have my dead sibling's jacket? Like, I mean, if going with the level of symbolism that we got from the belly dancing situation, I mean, this is him taking something and passing it on to his his sibling in this situation so yeah i guess he sees shay as a sister uh but 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 again they didn't they they didn't they didn't explain that they just like it just happened it was just like i I, it was just again like i'm supposed to draw my own conclusions here i suppose i'm just like why did why did he do this why is he giving her the jacket well and do you think that like shay sees it the same way I don't know. I don't. I don't even know if she knows the story of the jacket. No. But, yeah. No. She I don't know if she knows where the jacket came from. Like, <laughs> until he t- explains it to her. Like, hey, I just. <laughs> <laughs> I did like Shay going. Is it still drenched, drenched in your sweat? Like, and I'm not gonna. Very important question. Like, <laughs> very important question. Should you sweatify it because do, no. do I need to take this in my hand or do you need to drop it right off at the washing machine oh. before you give it to me? Like. <laughs> I can direct you to our washing machine. Like, does that need to happen? Because I don't want to touch it if it's still sweaty. <laughs> and I guess, like, their relationship has progressed enough that Edward can just, like, go into the closet and get out the pillow and blanket and just, like, yeah. start laying on the floor. I I, I was like, okay, make yourself at home here, dude. Uh, well, Lacey, I'm like, why did I have to turn my, you know, my, my nursery into a, a bedroom? Yeah. You're just going to, like, sleep over there all the time. Yeah. And uh, he talks about how he doesn't know who he is anymore. And Shay says, join the club. I didn't get a sense that Shay didn't have a good sense of herself. I so like Shay, that was on this show, knows who she is and is yeah. comfortable in her skin. Uh, but maybe we she, maybe she's not. Maybe because, uh, I mean, she did talk about not wanting to be in a box last episode. Yeah. And da- talking about her dad's off limits. So right. there's some things. We still have more to know, more to figure out about Shay. Maybe Shay has more to figure out about herself. But I feel like more than most on this show, Shay knows who she is and is is a, is comfortable in her skin. Yes. Anything before we move on to other characters of this episode, anything that we didn't talk about in regards to Edward, Lacey, John, Shay? Is Eddie going to therapy? We haven't uh, seen that. 
Should he feel, be? Yes. Uh, yeah. I feel like there's a lot going on there. I feel like uh, there'd be a little more insight into what he's thinking because I feel like we're just going and we're not getting much in his regards of thinking. And to you know be quite I mean? honest, I don't know why um, or maybe it was and we were just supposed to infer, but like it's not like the school district didn't know this kid's story and I got to tell you, he'd probably be assigned a school psychologist or, or a social worker coming into the school district. And the fact that that wasn't mentioned, even just mentioned, we didn't have to see anything. It's right. just kind of like disappointing because those are important people in a school district that do work like this every day. And he needs that support. <laughs> so maybe we'll see a pop up later in the season. Uh, but Marissa, we don't have time. We have to dive into <laughs> Steve and Amanda. Oh, sorry. Sorry. All right, we don't have time. We don't have time to, to delve into those things I'll you want off. to know because we have so many people we have to talk to, like Steve and Amanda. Who? What? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So Steve and Amanda. Okay. So one of the earlier uh, scenes of the grief group was just like this girl that we didn't know before. <laughs> this lady. She was just like talking about grief and stuff and things, and then this man walks in, and she very angrily is like, "You know." You can't be here. This is my space and leaves. And I was like, Who, what I is happening? Like, and that was one scene. We didn't even find out any context around this until the next scene with the two of them. And I remember her seeing her like in an earlier episode. I was like, okay, who's that? I have no idea. Because at first I was like, is that Adriana? I was like, no, that's some other black lady. And I was like, okay, maybe she's just a red shirt. You're not going to say anything this whole series. And right. that, now she's speaking up. And I was like, okay, oh, okay. And the guy comes in, she freaks out on the guy. And I'm like, Okay, more mystery. <laughs> who is this? Who is this now? Like it just, it kind of comes out of nowhere, and I'm not sure if I loved it. Yeah, I mean, we had just spent the whole last episode. I think was with Linda. See, I can't even remember. Linda, name. yeah, yeah, pregnant, pregnant Linda, pregnant, pregnant Linda, and her like voyage to go meet her boyfriend's uh, parents and like Gary's parents. Yes, yeah. yeah, all that. Good job, A plus for you. Yeah, my recall, top notch. <laughs> especially, especially since the show refuses to tell his characters' names. I'm impressed that I I know those names. <laughs> But we invested so much story there. I thought she was going to be uh, we continued on. In, we, every week we get yes. some more of her story, but yeah. we got almost nothing from her except for her uh, pepping up Amanda after yeah. she, uh, she freaks out on Steve, Steve later. Yeah, she's like outside and she's like, Amanda, you're so awesome. And I was like, who? Uh, uh, do you know each other? Like, this is the first time. Like, they... <laughs> They talked as if they like, were supposed to know that these two are like great friends. This is the first time we've seen you two interact. Yeah, and like the whole time, like Linda's sta- like standing out like a stalker, like yeah. just like on her phone, like yeah. listening to the situation. Not good, not good. Um, but that's all. That's all Linda did this entire episode. But anyway, uh, Amanda is the girlfriend to Brett. Brett is Steve's uh, brother. Brent. Uh, Brent. Yeah, B R E N T. Brent. Close captioning Did I is my say friend. Brett? I meant Brent. Yeah, close uh, captioning my friend on the show. <laughs> really, it is. Brent. Helps me with some of the characters' names. <laughs> Brent was on the plane. Steve was coming to the to the group because it's the group for everyone affected by the plane. Uh, but Amanda is like super pissed at Steve because of how Steve treated Brent and this whole thing. So Steve. Again, you know, I'm also podcasting about you. I could do without people stalking each other for just like one <laughs> show that I'm watching. Yeah. Um, but like Steve is stalking Amanda and just like goes over to where she works, where she fixes 
pianos and is like, I'm here to talk to you. I had issues with my brother. He was an addict. And she's like, yeah, but he cleaned himself up and you didn't care. And they come to some agreement where they can go to this group together. And even though like, and then we get the echo of seeing you reminds me of Brent type of thing. Mm -hmm. I don't need any more Steve and Amanda. I didn't need them to begin with. I hope I would rather go back to the Linda storyline. Yeah, here's here's my problem, and I'm going to have this problem with another <clears throat> with more characters we talk about. Uh, you're you're telling us rather than showing us. Yes. You're telling us that uh, Steve was an addict. He cleaned himself up. He tried. To, no, sorry, Brent was an addict. Tried to clean himself up. Tried to get back together with his brother Steve, but Steve wasn't having. I feel like this means nothing to me because I have had no prior experience with these people. And I wonder, and if someone, someone listening out there can tell us, is Brent a book character? And are they just putting this in here as book service to the readers to be like, we didn't forget about the book? I never enjoy when stories are like, just don't fully identify themselves in one bucket or the other. You can like have little nods to things. Like you can just look at like Last of Us. Last of Us had an entire episode that was not part of the main storyline of the video game. It was well received, like uh, so much acclaim to it um, because it was able to do that deliberately, <laughs> mm-hmm. give its time and then come back to, to the storyline instead of this like shout out to Brent. Which yeah, I mean, because like random Stephen Amanda thing. Yeah, that last was episode. It took it. It built that world in one episode. Yes. It built the world of those two characters and showed us the big moments in their lives and made us realize why those two people loved each other. So for this, it's like I have no recognition of Steve, of Brent, of Amanda, but you want me to care so bad in this episode, I just can't. And without being able to see steve and brent's relationship or even steve and amanda relationship i'm not going to care you're going to give me some flashbacks i don't know if it's going to be enough i, oh, I really I don't didn't even know who amanda was i didn't even know amanda existed i right. didn't even know brent existed who was the steve guy like i it was a very like this is a very bad job, but like very like hit and run of a story like yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have trouble being invested in this storyline at all like really yeah i'm invested in adriana's storyline because we got good content with her and her grandmother mm-hmm. um and i and also it's less it's even her adriana's storyline is less even about her and her grandmother it is more now about her kojo and bex yeah uh, but if you want me to care about steve brent and amanda it's gonna be tough because i don't know steve i never met steve yeah or amanda or really amanda. Yeah. <laughs> It's episode four. It's almost halfway through this first season. And now you want me to care about this other person. All right. Enough with Steve and Amanda. <laughs> Steve and Amanda, get out of here. We don't, we don't want you. Enough with Dee Dee. Dee Dee. Let's talk some Dee Dee. She's out there still in California. She's still at the condo. Um, she has a... What I appreciate about Dee Dee's storyline is we do get these very like logistical things that's that happen after someone dies you know like visiting the cemetery that the previous episode here she's trying to cancel internet service Mm -hmm. it is one of the hardest things in the world to do is like cancel utilities after someone died listen it's hard to cancel internet and cable when you're alive and you try to cancel your own account i can only imagine how hard it is when you try to cancel someone else's account that has died that is your loved one 
Yeah, yeah. I did love like the realism of the situation because she's like on hold. She wants to talk to somebody they don't understand. And she's like, I can't get him on the phone because he died. <laughs> like, like, it was very relatable. But then this person just like walks right into the apartment. And I was like, what's going on? And she's also like, what's going on? Uh, this person's name is T. T lived there. Uh, T is there to collect their toothbrush. Um and Didi like thinks this is like bad. Like she's just like on alert. She's this is not good. Can you tell me why you're living here? And T explains, you know, like this was kind of a safe house for them. This is where they had to go because they had to get out of their own house. And this is where Didi starts asking questions about Charlie and saying, you know, can you tell me about the man in this photo? T knows it's Evan. Um, and Didi just comes out and says, I'm trying to find out if my husband's gay. Can you tell yeah. me what's going on here? And he's like, I don't know. I never asked, but I can tell you that Charlie helped me get a job. Uh, I don't know how I feel, but I understand where T- Didi's coming from. Is this like outing someone after they died? Like, I, I think, so I think that at this point, Didi knows that Charles was close with all the people in, in the, you know, in this community yeah and t lived there so obviously t probably knew charlie very well yeah so Didi's like and you know dd is you had to i mean you have to think about dd's perspective dd is yes charles's wife who she has now found out that charles lived this whole double life so she's asking anyone she can get a hold of do you know (laughs) if my husband was gay do you know this man do you know anyone anyone that she runs into she's gonna ask have you seen this man? And is he gay? Like, like, like T just, I was as surprised as Dee Dee was. And T like, just, just, uh, slams into the, into the house. I was like, okay, uh, excuse, excuse me. me. Yeah. Who are you? Uh, and you know, T, you know, T is not really like, uh, they're thinking like, this is my house. I'm like, no, this isn't really your house. And he's just kind of cavalier in the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, they're just kind of cavalier in the whole thing, but it's just like, uh, yeah, I mean, I, if I was Didi, I'd probably be doing the same thing. And I, I mean, wouldn't, I wouldn't, I unfortunately wouldn't be so, uh, uh, like careful into being like, I don't want to out my husband because I have to figure out what's going on. Oh, no, like I totally get the perspective and I probably would do the same thing. I just felt like putting myself in T's shoes, like that is, she's, they're putting, she's putting a lot of pressure on T. Yes. To, to yeah. ask T to, uh, out someone i do agree with that yeah i mean but that's t's choice whether or not they want to sure. you know that's give that fair. information yeah i just was like i was like this whole thing is uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> <Cool. laughs> i mean and you could tell you could tell t is like a little uh you know bashful to really give that information because even though they were so like uh so cavalier to come into the house even mm-hmm. though like they know that charlie's gone and this weird person is there when it comes to that they were just like i can't really tell you much what i know because he probably knows more than what they're saying but they're they're just like well i will tell you that uh charlie has some nice linen so you know maybe you go off of that (laughs) which yeah wink wink yeah um dd is like very determined to figure out the answer to this question so she gets in the car heads on over to the lgbtq youth center catches noel a little off guard 
<laughs> well, I was like, do I need to call security? Like, that's the first question that's going to do Noel's mind. Yeah. And I love how Gigi's like, I'm sorry what I said about kombucha. <laughs> like, it wasn't just the kombucha, but it was it was very funny. Um, this is where we learned, like, Charles had a really big role in helping dozens of kids get back on their feet. Um, and Didi is, like, not... I, I think it's a hard position for her to be in. She's like, that's cool. But my daughter now has to drop out of college because of everything, this whole situation. So like great for them, but like my life is. is blown up. Is, yeah. And I, I get it. I, I see where she's coming from. I think through, through the rest of the episode, she kind of comes around to this, but at this moment she's kind of like, okay, great, whatever. Um, and Noelle says, like, no one knows if Charles was gay, but I can't tell you who was exploring his sexual identity. Uh, and Didi's like, well, tell everyone to come get their toothbrushes because I'm selling the condo. Y'all come get your shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be evicted pretty soon. Yeah, it's not happening. Uh, Didi then goes to an art gallery and... <laughs> I, again very bold like she's like very determined she's basically again with the stalking here's where we find evan <laughs> how did you know where to find evan i was I like don't know. again give me the give me the connection maybe noelle said something i, I don't guess, know i should be inferring that like, <laughs> like <laughs> come on tv show yeah yeah i'm supposed to not think when i'm watching tv sometimes exactly yeah <laughs> um so evan says hey can we talk in our my office about this which isn't really an office it's just like a thing like the privacy factor was not there during this whole yeah, conversation i was like all. okay um evan tells dd you know that basically charles and evan like invested in this thing and the deal fell through and they both lost a lot of money but charles lost more than evan um and he couldn't tell dd because she was his princess and he couldn't bear to fail you um i think you know i think this is a construct of the patriarchy in terms of how men feel like they have to provide for women and and how that can prevent certain conversations from happening and i thought it was i mean granted we have this whole other factor of him exploring his sexual identity and all of that stuff but i i did like that this was part of part of charlie's story yeah i just uh, I, and uh, I talked about Steve and Amanda, me not being able to be invested in their storyline. And I'm having trouble really investing in this storyline oh. as much as I would like to. Again, because I don't know, I don't, I didn't get a good sense of who Charles was. I didn't get a good sense of Charles and Dee's relationship. They spent, Dee Dee spent the first episode of this show with Zoe, uh, her daughter. Charles didn't even speak. Didn't speak, didn't have a line of dialogue in the first episode. So I'm having trouble really connecting with, with Charles here. We see a little later with Dee Dee seeing like a vision of Charles singing. That's mm -hmm. the most characterization we've gotten out of Charles, and it's a vision. So mm -hmm. I'm having trouble really kind of connecting with the storyline. Connie Britton's doing a hell of a job acting her way through it. Yeah. But I'm having trouble connecting uh, to her pain and to Charles as a person. Do you think we're supposed to just like be focused on Dee Dee and her pain and not really think about Charles? Yeah, but I'm having trouble connecting to that because I don't get a great sense of Dee Dee and Charles' relationship before this. Yeah. Um, so that's where I'm that's where I'm struggling with this uh storyline right here. Um, like I said, I, I I maybe there's going to be 
<laughs> we don't we don't, I don't know if we have enough episodes for it. But is there <laughs> is there going to be a flashback episode where we see life before the plane? Where we see Dee Dee and Charles's life, where we see Charles's life maybe in LA when he's away from Dee Dee cuz I just I I'm not connecting to it right now. Yeah, I I hope we get some some backstory here because I know Dee Dee's in pain. I know she's trying to figure things out, but we don't really get to what degree or to what level because we don't have those details. Yeah, and I still don't, I still don't, I, I'm still not in Dee Dee's mindset right now, which I'm sure is going to many different places. We don't really get is she ha- is she get, getting some happiness realizing that Charles was helping people, or is she still just so pissed? about him leading a double life she can't see through that to see the goodness he was doing i don't re- i'm not really getting that I'm not well getting those how do you think the last scene she's in this episode plays into that then because she she just so happens to go to a food truck that t is working at that's where t got their job and she gives t a seven thousand dollar watch like what do you think the motivation for that was I mean, I'm I'm sure it's I'm sure it is to help T, uh, because you know Dee Dee's in a situation where she could sell that watch, um, but she is is she pick trying to pick up Charles's baton and helping T in any way that Dee Dee can. We don't get it explained. It yeah. just happens. Yeah. it's like it, it seems to be out of it. It seems to come out of nowhere. There are yeah within Dee Dee's storyline, we do get these like very relatable grief moments like canceling (laughs) utilities or here where she says i haven't eaten in three days i'm really hungry like these are like semi-universal relatable things but that's all i can really grasp onto in her story yeah we get no motivation for why she's doing like this particular act you know giving the watch in particular that's why that's why i'm saying i'm lacking motivation and connection with some of these storylines so yeah uh you know, that, it's just where I am with it at this point. Do you think uh, next episode we'll see Dee Dee back in New York? I, I think so. I don't think that you, <laughs> I don't think you hire Connie Britton and don't put her in every episode of your show. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think I think probably will she'll show back up a group next episode. That's my guess. I don't Do know for sure, of course. But... She'll bring cupcakes this time or cookies. <laughs> she's got to switch it up. Can't be just yeah, cupcakes. Yeah, you gotta, yeah, yeah. Do something a little different. So maybe yeah. cookies. Yeah. <laughs> well uh i saved the best for last this is the storyline i am most invested in 100 uh, yeah. <laughs> adriana's storyline is the most dynamic to me has the most you know character development in it and i kind of know who all uh, all the players are even even the pastor guy whose name i can't remember but even him i know his motivations <laughs> his name's uh eric like, yeah yes. uh, and, and see and the thing is like i've been talking this whole episode about I'm not able to connect to these storylines that are, you know, mainly centered around the deceased person yeah. that we're, because we're dealing with, with uh, our grief because of the deceased person, it feels, this feels like we're dealing with that less in the storyline and we're more focused on Adriana and Kojo and the relationships in this like triangle of Adriana, Kojo and Bex. Uh, it feels like we're invested in that more than the investment in grieving the people they lost. Although this episode for <clears throat> for Kojo and Bex does, you know, revolve around uh, grieving. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Akuya, I believe. Mm. Um, so, but it it also focuses in on the relationship between the three of those the people in the story. Yeah, I mean, 
life continuing on is also part of grief so i'm sure we'll see along along the lines how grief shows up back for all all of these characters but at least there's like some there's some you know uh traceable storyline happening Mm -hmm. here yeah uh, so Adriana is running for uh, Congress. We knew this from the past episode, but she's it's legit now. She's got posters. She's got a campaign manager. She's ready to go. Um, the, the campaign manager becomes aware of her <laughs> housemates, Bex and Kojo. Uh, I thought that was, uh, you know, interesting. But she, you know, reminds Adriana, beware of the optics. There's a lot of just bursting into scenes in the yeah. in this episode. Like Bex mm-hmm. just walks into the room, T crashes into <laughs> Charles's place. Uh, Steve, not is this no, sorry. Yeah, Steve. Steve uh, see, this is what I'm talking about. This is why we need more, you know, more time with these people. Steve barging on Amanda. So it's like a lot of just running into places in, in this episode. It's a theme. Yes. Uh, Kojo talks to Bex and says, "Hey, so we have to have a funeral for your mom, and in Ghana." It- we decorate the casket. And I thought this was like a really sweet conversation because he's like, do you know what's in the casket? Do you know what this is? Like, do you, do you get what's happening here? And Bex is aware and, you know, she, she's, she takes some time, you know, to think about it. But I thought it was very nice that Kojo asked Bex. I also am impressed at the social network that Kojo has oh, yeah. put together since he got it to the States. Well, I think he's got, all, he's got a guy already. And I think a thing, I think a thing that is touched on in a lot of like this type of thing. And I want to reference Night Day Fiance again. Oh. I'm talking about Kojo's storyline. But a thing that's been really prevalent in, in that show is that these immigrants that come over, it's already like a built-in network. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to know the people. It's a, it's a sense of family. Mm-hmm. So even if these people didn't know Kojo directly, like he's family now. And like, yeah. uh, and I think that's a really wonderful thing to really touch on. Um, in this, you know, in this story in particular, and, but you know, I did like the conversation between Kojo and Bex. So I'm like, I, I, should we be putting all this pressure on this little girl it's to like <laughs> design her mom's casket? Like, uh, Kojo, I think you can like, well, uh, yeah, don't put, don't put it all on Bex's shoulders. You can like, ask, you can ask Bex, like, so what's your mom like? But I'll be like, all right, it's your job to decorate your mom's casket. Well, he like leans in at the end and is like, you knew your mom better than anyone, and I was like whoa which i mean she handled it but yes i i agree it was a lot um then we get this the scene where it's time to go to bed bex has thought about what to put on the casket she draws some butterflies and it's very beautiful and all this stuff so kojo goes downstairs to invite adriana to the funeral and uh, yeah stuff is going on you hear that in the background (laughs) let's get it on <laughs> yeah yeah the chemistry is flying yeah the, the, the dim lighting <laughs> in the in this sense right here it's the kind of romance you get after you invite this lady you've been talking to to your sister's funeral <laughs> it's, so funny. it's like i hope i'm not disturbing you oh you're not disturbing me i would like to invite you to a funeral oh my gosh i'm just so honored <laughs> and then just sparks as we look at each other longingly like yeah. yeah and of course you know like adriana finds out where coach is planning on having the funeral and it's like no 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 i can do can i help out with this i've got you no, know adriana is so bougie she's like uh-uh. <laughs> you live in the squalor you're 
<laughs> having your funeral at this rundown place. Uh-uh. We are we are doing this up in style. Adriana is a true Nepo baby. Okay. Yeah, for real. For real. And then we get this like very awkward. Oh, okay. Well, uh, see you tomorrow. It's time to go to bed. And Coach goes the total wrong way to he just to go up the stairs. <laughs> and that's like, oh, I went the wrong way. No, girl, I was going to your bedroom. <laughs> Isn't that where we're going? <laughs> like, oh no, I guess I'll go to my bedroom then. Sorry, my bad. Uh, they're just both they're just both so like flustered. Like, and it seems like almost every conversation they have now, they both leave flustered. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, they're like, oh. Yeah, so that uh, the sexual chemistry is gonna, it's sooner or later gonna have to pop at some point because they keep coming to it every single time they're together. Uh, Adriana, in her quest to find a better place for the funeral, goes to the church where her grandmother's funeral was, and apparently, like, of course, but she knows the pastor the pastor's name is eric and kind of like knows the pastor i said, I said uh-oh <laughs> what bullshit is this we're gonna have this is gonna be an obstacle thrown in the way of kojo and adriana I, I said dang it as soon as i saw that that tall handsome black man i was like damn it it's gonna be a love triangle i don't have time for this get it me kojo like, and adriana all over did you like do you like what I did with the place? Like mm-hmm. it was all like, oh, yep. you look good. No, you also look good. Like, oh, so great. Uh, and yeah, you can you can have you can have the church for as long as you want. Like anything you need, I'll do whatever. Um, that's so sweet of you. <laughs> it really had me looking like dart my eyes back and forth. Like, mm, what's ha- what's going on here? Like, what? Yeah. What is and, this? But they kiss. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I guess so. I guess we're supposed to infer that this was something that maybe happened before, and yeah. they broke up. And you know, this is her reaching back out because you know, of course, she needs something at the moment. Uh, but this is, I guess, he sees this as an opportunity to uh, maybe get himself back in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I have put eyes by this moment and eyes that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I see it. I'm like eyes. Mm. Uh, <laughs> get out of here eric we don't need this we don't need this this is yeah. a kojo and adriana thing not an eric yeah. and adriana get out of here trip kojo and adriana Co- get out of here adriana adri adrijo what are we adriojo kodriana kodriana maybe kodrana kodrana um anywho hit us, up, those give us, the, hit us up listeners give us the good uh you know the ship, ship name. name yeah yeah so it's time for the funeral it is a very colorful funeral what i mean this is going to sound very morbid but i love learning about how other cultures like celebrate death and like mourn death and all of that so i was very interested in the scene everything was really colorful there's um some celebration but there's also like space for people to grieve like when i was a kid if Bex like I would be like Bex and I'd be like, I'm going to go sit up next to my loved one. And my mom would be like, no, no, you will not. We are in church and there are church rules. But Don't embarrass here, me. Yeah, there are church rules. But here, like everyone's just got like the space that they need to grieve in their own way. And I thought that was that was really beautiful. Yeah, I mean, four episodes in and this is probably the first thing that really like choked me up a little bit was you know the whole procession coming into the funeral Mm -hmm. uh you know bex going up to sit next to the cask and adrian following you Mm -hmm. know close behind like that's that i was like okay 
you get me here. Like, and Kojo like me. looking on and crying. Yeah, he's too he, you know, too wrapped kind of like, too wrapped up in his own grief mm-hmm. uh to really like uh I guess be cognizant. And that's a good thing that Adriana was there to kind of be with Bex. Um so yeah, that, that, the first thing in this in this series, it really was like, okay, you, you got me here. Like, yeah. this is this is where you get me. Yeah, and uh how great that art is like a song that will get me anytime. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, and and just and also the way that they, you know, decorated the casket was so yeah. was so wonderful as well. It wasn't just like, it wasn't just drawn on art. It was, you know, a it actually the casket had wings, like yeah. it was, you know, a butterfly, like you know, it was so great. Yeah. Um. Then it's time to party. Yeah. And so they're partying, they're dancing, and we get the stare down of the century. <laughs> between eric and kojo the stare down like uh oh man this is oh i see you i see you too i I see you seeing me seeing you i I see you seeing her seeing me so so this is gonna be a thing huh like we're gonna have to you you gonna we have to fight about this or something like this is gonna be a thing okay i got kojo you better step up your game bro we can't be pussyfooting around no more we gotta gotta make your move man we gotta get the work bro you are in the same house you have listen, home court advantage. Listen, Kojo, you ain't going back to Ghana. Let's accept that right now. <laughs> You're staying here with Adriana, okay? You gotta see that now. You can run your porta potty business from here. The uh, scented, scented porta potty. Scented porta potties, okay? I just feel bad for the guy that was talking to Eric when Eric was like just staring at Kojo. You can see the guy talking. He just keeps <laughs> talking. Like, are you listening to anything I'm saying right no. now? Why are you no, staring over there at that man and that woman and the, that kid? Like a creeper. Yeah, creeper pastor man. Jeez. Like, why are you doing this? creepy pastor guy? Keep it in your pants, creepy pastor guy. <laughs> yeah, so that's what our characters were up to in episode four of Dear Edward. Any big takeaways that we haven't already <laughs> talked about? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, I just hope we get more uh motivations for characters' mm-hmm. actions. I hope we get more resolution a little bit with how some of our characters are feeling. I think Dee Dee in particular, I would like to get into kind of in her mind as she kind of downloads from this experience she just had in LA. Um, so I'm curious to see where that goes. We talked about how we were most invested in Adriana and Kojo. You know, that's still the case. I think probably second up would probably be Dee Dee. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I feel bad that the guy, dear Edward is probably the story I'm invested in one of the least besides Friggin' Steve and Amanda, um, you know, within the Edward. Okay, so like within even within the Edward group, though, for me, I think it's like Shay Lacey Edward. Yeah, like As, I, in terms of most most interesting characters, yeah, who we are, you know, interested to, to keep seeing. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I just I don't know how they can improve the Edward situation. How do you how do you think they can improve the Edward situation? Like, what do you want to see uh, to make this a better storyline for you to want to follow? I need him to talk about his mom or his brother to kind of like I see he's grieving. We're getting like grief behaviors, but mm-hmm. I don't know. As we talked about, I don't know why. So like, give me a therapy scene <laughs> where he's like, I mean, obviously I know why, but like, what what specific moments are he? what did that jacket mean to him? What is he, what does he see when he looks at Lacey that is like 
reminding of his mom outside of just what she looks like is it a specific memory is it a specific tradition they used to do something like that like give me more around that I understand the whole I don't fit in at school thing I don't need more in that department but I need to know more about like what's going on in your head yeah I want I want the internal to come external like we know he's feeling a lot of things but he's not saying what he's feeling so I want to know more about that. I want to know just uh, I, like you said, a therapy session would be really great to see what, what he's kind of to see him open up. He mm-hmm. feels very like bundled in, like mm-hmm. he's in that jacket. I want to open the jacket and open up his mind and his heart to tell us what he's thinking because it's just kind of going through it right now. And I'll say like, it's not an easy thing to do, like Mm -hmm. to open yourself up, especially for kids who don't understand what's going on. Um, So I wonder if the issues that I'm having with the series in particular is how it's being released. Mm -hmm. Would this be better on a binge? Would this be, you know, better if I didn't have three episodes lumped in together and now we're dripping through the rest of the season? I won't know until the the season's over, but um, it, you know, I'm still interested. But I don't know why. <laughs> like, if I, that... I, I, I meant it. I just needed to ugh, to make more sense to yeah. delve deeper. Maybe is what I'm looking for. Yeah. Um. For for some of these characters, and, and like I said, I'm having I'm having trouble connecting because of the, I guess because of kind of the conceit of the show, of the premise is that we're grieving a lot of these people that we never met. So I think that's a tough hill to climb is to have us grieve these people that we don't really know that well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can objectively I can objectively understand that these people are grieving their parents, grieving their sister, grieving their husband. I can uh, I can look at that and say, okay, I get that's why they're grieving, but to grieve this particular character, I want to know more about their connection to their loved ones so I can feel more connected in that way. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, well, we've got six more episodes to find out if they do it. So um, thank you to everyone for listening with us up until this point outside of airplanes and grief. Uh, what are we, what are you talking about, Jason? Um, I am got a few things going uh, here on Post Show Recaps. I am talking also about the show Extraordinary with Sasha Joseph. Uh, we are releasing that weekly, uh, two episodes uh, per podcast of the oh. show. Uh, so we just released episodes uh, three and four this week uh so hit us up next week as well for five and six uh so it's a really fun show really raunchy kind of superhero ish comedy show really fun show so check it out check us out on the podcast also i am talking uh married at first sight the reality show on the podcast the perfect match with my co-host asia welch come check us out there as well to see uh i mean it, you know script is probably a lot of people saying to listen to this but reality shows also a lot of fun to see people doing dumb stuff so come check us out there as well marissa how's about you uh for myself but also i think just you know i think you get more character development <laughs> in married at first sight yeah and you do at our current state in the show um as for myself i am talking about you the show yeah i have a whole podcast dedicated to jason reed not like a creeper or anything somebody needs to finally do it i mean i've been waiting Um, talking about the show you on netflix with latonya starks uh season four just kicked off so we will be doing our part one spoiler cast uh next week 
first other episodes you, you can find uh, out there in the internet land. Uh, they have split the season into part one and part two. So there's a lot of coverage as we bridge the gap between the two parts. Uh, outside of that, I just wrapped up coverage of National Treasure Edge of History with Jessica Sterling. If you're looking for some fun nonsense TV, it's a good go. Uh, or if you just want a podcast that you don't have to watch a TV show for, much like Married at First Sight, National Treasure, <laughs> you can do that as well. Um, and then finally, I have been participating in the Posha Recaps RPG show called PSRPG, where we are playing an adventure in the land of Willow. If you have not watched Willow, I re- highly recommend it. And then you could, uh, please join us for that fun, like, radio play podcast thing. It was really fun to do. So... If I'm doing anything else, you can find information about that on Twitter at MarsBars, M-A-R-Z-B-A-R-S. All right. Dear Edward, what's our letter to Edward? Dear Edward, please tell us why you're sad. Dear Edward, get better. (laughs) Dear Dear Edward, Edward. I sent you a comb with this letter. Please put it to your hair. Dear Edward, you don't have to wear the jacket. Um, yeah. Until next time. We'll talk to you later. Bye.